I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. We are in week 12 now of this NFL. I mean, I've, I've literally got to the point now where I'm dreading each week with this team. But uh, look, I am not dreading talking to these two, these two young buckos or young gentlemen. First off, Colin, you're, you're joining us from uh, from Minnesota. Uh, I watched Fargo a few years ago. And uh, obviously, Colin, your in-laws and uh, half your family is from, is from Minnesota. So... Uh, you go over most Thanksgivings. Welcome in, uh, and obviously welcome in the Stewart as well. Colin, you were at the game last week. Um, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned that it's been what four days now since your last confession, or what's the? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, up in I'm actually in Fargo Country, Michael. So Brainerd and the Paul Bunyan statue and various other bits and pieces that people might recognize from either the movie or from the TV show, which was one of the, the better adaptations, I would have to say. Um, yeah, the look, firstly, the crack was mighty and uh, kudos, the Sons of Mile High, for anyone listening, Sons of Mile High um, tailgate is absolutely phenomenal. Great guys. If you are going to a game. Great guys, um, great, great guys. And if you are going to a game, cannot recommend uh, their tailgate highly enough. So welcoming and, you know, really great people. And look, the, the game itself, um, I mean, I will prob- we'll probably get into it. What I will say is it does seem to be finally uh, a week of consequences in the NFL. Obviously, we have Melvin Gordon, who is no longer on the roster. And as we recorded this right now, Zach Wilson has lost his starting job with the Jets. And I hear Davis Mills is out in uh, Texas, which is uh, interesting. So, yeah, we'll, we'll delve into it. But um, suffice to say, great trip to Denver. 
Yep, and uh, it's funny because folks, Stuart Collins on his iPhone, but he signed he signed on the hundred percent. So if he does, if he does sound a, little, a wee bit clanky in this episode, uh, he's in the middle of nowhere basically, and he's you know it, it's all good. It's great great to have Colin on Stuart. Stuart, let's um, let's cut to the chase here, mate. Uh, what the hell was that? Eh? And we we talked about this off camera, uh, before we started recording this, and I know you had the viewpoint of well, it's you know it's let's get through the season here. He needs to go. I, I sound like Jose Mourinho whenever he said, um, if I speak, I, I will get in trouble. You know, that's what it seems like at the minute for me. But Hackett has to go, surely now. Well, I think he would have been. Um, I, I think Michael, you said that the Broncos are going to get blown out. Um, I think I said I lo- they'd lose by field goal and Colm said they'd win. I'm just going to gloat slightly because Colm's usually the one that gets these things right. We get the wrong one. I think if they had been blown out by the Raiders, they may well have um, said goodbye to Hackett. But I think, as I said, I, I'd be surprised if he was done before the end of the season. I, I don't, you know, I can see both sides as to why you it would make a change. Sometimes you need to make a statement about the, the kind of culture that you're trying to create. I mean, the the only thing would be, you know, I guess because this is a new regime in Denver, you hope that they don't do what they've done previously with two inept head coaches that were at the helm in Vance Joseph and our old friend Vic, where, you know, the vast majority of Broncos fans and anybody who'd ever watched a game of football could see quite clearly in their first season that they were miles out of the depth and absolutely useless. Um, and we somehow managed to give both of them another season. Uh, so you kind of hope that that's not going to be the case um with Hackett because it's you know it's 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 abundantly clear now that the guy isn't cut up uh, isn't cut out for the job um the only thing I would say Mick is that you know the, the schedule uh, after the Panthers game although in fairness the Panthers defense was very good at the weekend um but after the Panthers game the schedule was absolutely brutal so Arnold's well Stewart starting for the Panthers this week so it's almost like you know no excuses as well well we have been saying that all season now Michael that's the problem that we, we seem to somehow find an well the offense finds an excuse week in week out but no my point is Michael I think the the, 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 the there's no sort of um fool's gold uh, coming down the line where we could pick up a couple of wins towards the end of the season and kind of go, oh, no, we finished the season strongly. So uh, Hackett deserves another crack at it. This season end, ending is brutal. So if anything, we, we may end up losing four or five in a row. Um, you know, so like as, as I think we, we touched on last week, like I don't, I don't know where we're getting six wins from this season. Um, you know, we're on three. We probably will get one at the weekend against the Panthers, although somehow we'll probably make a pains of that. But um, after that, you know, maybe the Rams, maybe the Cardinals, but I don't know. We'll somehow, we'll probably lose one of those games, games we should be winning. We just, you know, and God forbid, I don't know. I mean, there's talk now that the Chiefs game that was on Sunday Night Football uh, might be flexed out, um, you know, and that's kind of... That's sort of definitely happened. That is a hot, Stuart. I will put my car on that happening. Well, that's, that's kind of like a there's a there's a kind of pick your poison in that regard because it kind of going if it's on if it's on something like football then I can kind of watch the YouTube highlights the next day with one eye closed and kind of never ever refer to it again. But if it's flexed back towards a, a, a sort of a normal kickoff time for us over here in Europe, then you go I kind of have to watch this. Um. So yeah, I mean, look, I. I you know, I, I, I can kind of see why you think Hackett should be gone. Obviously, Michael, you want some kind of statement. And, and and I think it sort of sort of speaks to the future as to what way the franchise is going. But I can kind of understand why they didn't. Um, 
you know, and they sort of got rid of Melvin Gordon, who seemed to play the role of the sacrificial lamb. Mm. Um, and I, I had a degree of, of sympathy for Melvin Gordon until his uh, dreadful meme that he posted then subsequently about driving away from the Denver Broncos fans. And I think anyone who had a little bit of sympathy for Melvin kind of immediately went. So good riddance if that's the way he felt about us uh, all the time there. But uh, we'll, we'll come back to Melvin later on. But no, I think Hackett's probably with us till the end of the season, Michael. Yeah, we'll probably touch on Melvin next before we look at this Panthers game this week. Colm, I, I want to touch on, and I I completely understand and get Stuart's viewpoint because, you know, yeah, we're at the point now where you probably should be given the rest of the season because there's not much point. But I, I, I refer back to, to Wembley, which seems like a lifetime ago now, three, three or four weeks ago. The man was out if he lost that game. He was not surviving that flight back. So what the hell does 20 days difference make? That's what pisses me off. And I'm saying stuff like pissing me off because I see like our friend Ryan Koningsberg tweeting that if we had scored, what was it, like a touchdown or something or scored points in the fourth. I I haven't got the exact terminology up, but if we had scored like uh, a one score, if if it was a field goal or a touchdown in the fourth quarter in each game, um, we'd be sitting, what, nine and one. So it's like, it just pisses me off. Like we've had so much promise for months London was a great experience and you felt like we really turned the corner then and then this has happened and it's very frustrating. I, I don't see the difference between October the 30th and now. I think if you're the Walton Penner family, you and look, I've, I think it's great that we got new ownership and I think they really impressed me in London with the way it, and the Broncos done excellent in London to be fair to them, the way that they've done everything. But I think the man needs to be put out of his misery and okay, you can give the defensive duties up, the offensive duties up, but surely at some point like we we still have a good what like six seven eight weeks left of this crap. You, this is not good. It's not good, Colm at all. No, it's it's not good. But um, I I get again go back. the The issue is who who would take over the way in which I mean I I think the honestly the the franchise kind of needs branch reform, and um, that's not to say they that George Payton should be fired in any shape way shape form, but. It's, the, the franchise needs to take a step back and look at the way in which this coaching staff was set up. The fact that um, the play calling duties went not to the OC, but to the uh, QB coach, right? That's a damning indictment of Hackett. But the man he appointed to be his OC, his right-hand man, essentially, um, is not up to calling plays. That there is nobody on the roster who who could are you know amongst the coaching staff who would be an obvious like is it going to be good Doug the Tom Capers is that where where we're where we're at I think that there needs to be an entire root and branch review of how the situation was allowed how was the coaching staff put together how was the decision made to give Russell Wilson the extension to be a rush to get it done, um, especially given the ownership situation had been resolved at that point, right? So we were no longer a cash poor team. So they could have waited to, to see how it went. And I would say what should terrify the franchise, and I say this as a fan who spends money to go over to Denver to see it, the apathy, Michael, you know, the anger is not there. 
people are apathetic. That is, that should absolutely terrify the franchise that people are just so fed up. Um, two, exa- two examples or three examples. Um, I Going through um, US Customs and Immigration, talking to the immigration officer, he was laughing about the Broncos. He was mocking Russell Wilson. I ended up flying into New York, having a layover there. Um, and the uh, the way in the they got some food in New York City was, and in Denver I arrived in Denver a couple of days before sun scene. Told him I was going to going to the game on Sunday. I said no, I don't even watch anymore. It's just the same. So the franchise should be absolutely terrified by that. The fact that people are finding other things to do on a, on a Sunday, and and to me, I mean, we started off well um, last week, and obviously with Clint calling plays, but I, I knew. We hadn't turned a corner when the third quarter, you know, we were back. We are the worst quarter team um, in the entirety of the league. I don't even know why we play third quarters because nothing happens. We just don't do anything on on offense. And it was the exact same uh, last Sunday. So it, it is bleak, certainly at the, the moment. And yeah, we really are at a point where we cannot wait for the the season to to end but obviously you know like looking at it now given what Seattle are going to be picking you know it's hindsight but I mean what a what a what a decision it has all proven to to be and outside of the defense there are very few um you know bright sparks because you look at it and how will Javante come back from that knee injury um you know the the wide receivers just haven't stepped up. Obviously, Tim Patrick. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Is injured, but Cortland Sutton, neither Cortland Sutton nor Jerry Judy have looked you know, Astic, the O-line needs serious work and we got to figure out Russ. Yeah, there are all sorts of question marks hanging over this franchise right now. Stuart's uh, columns, that are not put up very well there. I'll have to give it to AT&T or Verizon or whoever it is. Um, definitely got some good points across and it, I think it shows you the inept and the sort of what's going on in Denver. Like people are transferring from being angry to not caring. Now, I am not in that situation yet, but... It's very hard to get excited about these last few weeks, especially when, and you mentioned it, Stuart, it does seem like if we go into this conversation, to me, it looks as if this whole getting rid of Melvin Gordon thing is to uh, cover the cracks for a few weeks. Am I wrong in thinking that? Would you agree with that? Or what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I would, Michael. Um, I think, look, at the end of the day, a running back that fumbles as much as he does um, is a massive problem. It's unfortunate because I think he's probably the running back we have with the most burst. Uh, Levante Murray has done a nice job. He runs hard. You know, he's not he's not knocking off 25, 30, 40 yarders anytime soon. Um, and also Melvin Gordon was probably the best uh, pass blocking running back we had. 
So that's gone. Also, Edmonds, who we brought in um, only a couple of weeks ago, who was also a, a pass catching running back out of the backfield, probably our third down back. He was to replace Mike Boone. He's done for the season now as well. Um, so we have Mac, who we signed to the practice squad a while ago. You'll probably see him elevated. Um, but, you know, going into the season, the run game was considered to be one of the strong points of the Broncos. Then Javante went down and Gordon is gone. Um, now, <laughs> the other thing with Gordon, Michael, I think, um, you know, if we can leave aside his very, very salty farewell message, he had the v- really unfortunate habit of, and this may sound stupid, but bear with me. He had the fortunate habit of fumbling at the worst possible time. Um, like Melvin Gordon seemed to keep most of his fumbles for when we were inside the 10 yard line um, critical moments in, in critical games um, and you know considering how rare the Broncos actually managed to get into the red zone to then fumble the thing like that fumble at the weekend um, was absolutely crucial because it should have been remember even the commentators saying the Broncos are in an incredibly envious position here now because they can run a play and get the clock right down um, you know, and, and clearly the, the commentator was saying thinking at worst they get three points out of this but really they should be punched you know, we should be thinking about scoring this here and leaving little or no time on the clock to not come away with even three points from that situation was a game changer um, because I think we had played quite well in the first ball, in the first half and I thought Kubiak's play calling was at least interesting and it gave a bit of freshness to us, you know, and, and I didn't think another touchdown would have flattered us in that situation. Then he fumbles and and honestly, Michael, to be honest with you, and, and I know it went to overtime and I know we were close and there was lots of different factors, but I think I know myself and probably a lot of Broncos fans, when that fumble went in, when that field goal was blocked, it kind of went, yeah, I wonder uh, what the final score in this loss is going to be. And I think that's the apathy is kicking in. It's it's just I don't I assume we're going to lose every game we play now, um, and I assume that the defense will keep the other team honest because the defense are killing themselves week in week out and they're performing heroically considering the injuries they have. Um, and can you imagine how frustrating it must be to be a member of that defense, Michael? Can you imagine knowing? probably that your efforts are just not going to be good enough. And I know you were saying we turned the corner a little bit against the Jaguars, but Michael, we turned the corner. We, we had a couple of decent plays in the fourth quarter against a diabolical Jaguars team. You know, and I think it sounded like we were kind of talking ourselves up a little bit after that. And you kind of got lads, you scraped out of London barely with a win. Um, and again, I, know, but I don't done- think if, if, if you had said Stan and I said Wembley three weeks later, Gordon would be released. They would have lost in the manner they did over two weeks span, and Hackett would still be there after that whole situation. I don't think we would have believed that for a second. No, probably not. Um, but I just, you know, the, the, this season is in a death spiral now. Um, and unfortunately, we don't even have the draft to look forward to. Um, and as we were saying before, we came on air, Michael, the, the problem at the moment is we do have a first-round draft pick, but the 49ers look like they've turned into some kind of efficient killing machine in the NFC. Um, you know, like I, you looked at them the other night. I know the Cardinals are poor at the moment. They, they, you know, they look like they've, they're have they utilizing the talent that they can steer clear between now and injury. You know, you, I, I wouldn't bet against the 49ers going to the NFC Championship game. I don't know if they'll win it. I think the Eagles are very strong, especially if the Eagles get home full advantage. Wouldn't surprise me at all for to see the Niners certainly get get into the NFC Championship game or the divisional round. And then we're picking 28 through to 30, 31, whatever. Um, and then you're kind of wondering, you know, we need to desperately fix that O-line. Are you going to get a, a good t- 
tackle, you know, a franchise right tackle, which we haven't had for so long. You're going to get one to pick 30. Um, you know, and I just go back what Colin was saying, and, and, I, and I, I agree. What, like, it is new ownership, and these are extraordinarily wealthy people, and they're, they're obviously going to be used to making difficult decisions. There has been a rush, and it's something that I think Broncos fans are guilty of a lot. Um, there was a rush to anoint George Payton as this home run hire that everybody around the league said was going to be fantastic. And look at all his moves and he's done this and he's pulled the trigger. And look, I was, I was delighted when we, we made the move for Russell Wilson, but at the end of the day, and it's, you know, there's factors that kind of go into this. This is almost certainly going to be the second losing season that George Payton has overseen. And the moves that he's made, like Pat Sertan has held up as this shining example of why George Payton is this amazing GM. Pat Sertan is a brilliant lockdown corner. Fantastic. Are people desperately defending the Jets GM because Sauce Gardner is a brilliant? No, they're not. So I think we need to be a little bit more critical. I think we need to, to look. And I do think that if things keep going the way they are, then suddenly George Payton is going to be on the hot seat because he made a move for a quarterback. It hasn't worked out. I would have imagined he had major input into the fact that he was given an extension before he'd thrown a single ball for the Broncos. That looks like it's been a complete disaster. And unfortunately, he's had one opportunity to to hire a head coach and a coaching staff, and he's absolutely botched it, apart from uh, Evero, the defensive coordinator. That's been a brilliant pick. And obviously, some of the defensive um uh, you know, the personnel below Evero have also done really well. But his big decisions up to this point, you're looking at Pastor Tan, absolutely, yeah, he got that right. Russell Wilson, no, he got that wrong. Russell Wilson, the contract extension, no, he got that wrong. And Hackett was a, was a complete fiasco of a head coach hiring. So, George, he talks a good game, and I like a lot of his moves and some of his later draft picks, like Baron Browning, you know, people like that, they have Sean and he's done well. But Another seat, like if we're here this time next year, Michael, and the same thing, and, and, and as Colm has been at pains to point out regularly, the cap hit for Wilson gets worse year in, year out. There is not going to be a huge amount of money to go out and make splashy free agent signings. And we don't have that many high-end draft picks for the next couple of years to fix it that way. So Peyton has to be really creative. He's going to need to find free agents you know, we thought we were going to get the the Peyton Manning discount where Russell Wilson's going to come in and suddenly these really brilliant free agents are going to sign for less money because they're trying to win a ring. That's not going to happen. We don't have that many picks in the first three rounds for the next year or two. So he's going to really need to, to come up with creative ways of making this team competitive. Uh, but the first thing he can do to make this team competitive is fire the head coach. Colin, there's a lot to unbox there, my friend. And I know you have your hand raised in the Zoom call. Can you try and re- react to that and then transfer yourself in expertly to start talking about this Panthers game on Sunday? Sure. Um, yeah, no, I agree with a huge number of points that Stuart's made. The only thing I would say, I don't criticise ha- um, George Payton for the Russell Wilson trade. I criticise the contract extension. I totally understand swinging and giving up what he did to get Russ at, at that time. It was worth it. And I, I will make the point, in fairness, Mike Sando from The Athletic, he's a guy who has raised it like over the summer about some, you know, Broncos and should be pumping the brakes a little bit on Russ. But overall, the vast, vast majority of people were, were on board. But the contract, that should have been wait and see. The, the other piece, the, the coaching staff, yeah, that is um, 
you know, that, that, that he has to take the blame for that. And like, the other thing I, I would say is that um, in terms of Pat Sertan, there seems to be some criticism from some quarters about, um, you know, his play. Like he was going up against possibly the, the best wide receiver in the entirety of the leagues. He got burned. Young players, that, that happens to to everybody. Um, so it's it's no uh, it's no knock on him. He will learn for that, I have no doubt. And he will continue to, to be a fantastic player. Um, but ultimately, if, if we hadn't given Russ the extension, would we be talking about releasing Russell Wilson in in January, February? I mean that that's that's the reality of where we're at. Just one thing, Colm, actually, just in, in, in response to what you're saying about Pat Sertan. And also, sorry, I totally agreed with the Russell Wilson trade at the time. You know, I, I've no problems with that. Um, Nick Ferguson, who's been on the show a couple of times, who's who's really good on Twitter, he had a really interesting breakdown of that uh, Devontae Adams touchdown. Uh, winning touchdown in overtime. Well worth checking out if you're on Twitter. Go and look at Nick Ferguson's uh, two-minute video. I think he breaks down where he defends Pastor Tan. Doesn't say it was completely blameless, but he gives a little bit of insight in regards to the kind of safety help that I think he thought that Sertan thought was coming his way. So, but it, it's worth looking at because things are never as black and white. And it's ridiculous that he's getting any kind of shade at the moment because as Colin pointed out Devontae Adams is a brilliant technician as a wide receiver and every cornerback has Deion Sanders got burnt a couple of times Champ Bailey got burnt a couple of times it's going to happen it's the, it's the nature of the beast that goes with the position Right let's let's look ahead to this Panthers game on Sunday right uh, Sam Darnold coming in the quarterback just when you think that um, you know things might get easier <laughs> <laughs> lads I'm just going to put it out there I have us losing in Carolina on Sunday am I crazy Colm are you going to that game on Sunday what, what, what's the plan who's your pick as well I I, I won't be going to, to that game uh, it just wasn't working out in terms of the, the schedule but uh, yeah Michael as you know uh, I asked on another podcast uh, a few weeks ago just who would be starting for the the Panthers uh, after a few weeks because they have played I've never seen anything like the QB carousel that the Panthers have had and it was so obvious to me that it wouldn't be PJ Walker and it wouldn't be Baker Baker is I think Baker might well be done in the league um, forget about her um, Sam Darnold coming in you know again it, it'll be interesting to, to see how he does uh, obviously having been so disappointing last year but so few expectations on him because of that. I think this. I I think yeah. I can see why you're why you're saying the Panthers are likely to win. But equally, I, I don't see again. I think the pressure should be on Hackett. I think that the expectation should be that the Broncos go and win this. The Broncos are the one with the quarter of a billion dollar uh, quarterback. The Broncos are the ones who you know we you've seen some of the montages and maybe people listening. I don't know if whether they will or not, but there were certainly montages out there this week of all of the people talking over the summer months, the NFL talking heads about going to the Super Bowl and the Broncos are the most exciting team in the league and Hackett was a home run hire, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the expectation should be there. Cortland Sun is there. We don't know Jerry Judy is day to day. We know that the, the defense where, you know, is how good they are and they should be getting more players back. The Panthers are awful. You know, they are, they're going to be looking for their own head coach. They don't have a franchise QB. Um, so to me, there shouldn't be any reason that the, the Broncos can't go and win it. Um, now, this could be an absolute 6-3 game. This could make 
the Jets and the Patriots seem like a thriller um, because I don't have any faith in either of these two teams' offenses. And that that is, you know, something that is deeply uh, concerning. But I am going to say the Broncos can and should win. And the expectation should be that Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff improve and that we actually score more than 20 points when we did that Michael the kind of second half of the season um kind of preview one of the things I said was my my one thing I wanted was to see the team score more than 20 points per game well that hasn't happened thus far I didn't think it was uh, too big of an ask and uh fair to say I've been incredibly disappointed Stuart my friend um What's your thoughts on this game on Sunday? Just round off the show. I, I do think we're going to lose. I see this as the perfect game for us to lose in the sense of it can't get much worse than this. I have Sam Darnold scoring three passing touchdowns and the Panthers getting one or two rushing touchdowns and winning this game 34 to 14. Shakalaka. Now, I hope it is every week if I pick against the Broncos from now on the goal and win. It looked very much like they might have done that against the Raiders and then they completely wrecked the bed. So I'm going to say we're going to lose. Who have you got on Sunday? Yeah, this is the second last game I have the Broncos winning this season. Um, and I have absolutely no scientific evidence as to why I've I've nothing. I just have a feeling that they'll win. I think mainly because Christian McCaffrey no longer plays for the Panthers, thank God. Um I think Sam Darnold, uh, I know everybody talks about the. I'm seeing ghosts out there when he played against the Patriots, but let's not forget we we scrambled Sam Darnold uh, a while ago last season, I think as well. Um, he's not a very good quarterback. They don't have a huge amount of weapons. I know Moore is a decent wide receiver, but I'd I'd expect Satan to take him out. I I just think occasionally even dreadful offenses can click, albeit briefly. Um, like there were times when. Drew Locke's offense scored a lot of points against the Texans. Drew Locke's offense scored a lot of points against uh, the Panthers, actually, as, as it transpires. I can see us scoring over 20 points, um, and I think we'll win this 21-10. Because the Panthers' defense played really well against the Ravens. I watched a little bit of that game. They do have a good defense. Um, well, look at the game against the Bucs. Sure, that's what worries me. The defense, mm. and obviously, Brady was atrocious, but they beat the Falcons as well. And yeah, I mean, even if they lost against the Falcons, and previous two weeks, the Niners weeks. went to Carolina and blew them over mm. in the, fir- the first few weeks of the season. I think it was after one of the London games, they, they blew them out of the water. But they have been okay defensively at home so far this season, especially yeah, no, they're, they're a the good coach. defense. Yeah, they are, they're a decent defense. So that, that, but I, I just I, I don't know why. I just think we're going to win this game. And I think we'll beat the Cardinals in a few weeks' time, and then we'll lose all the others. I think I have us finishing six and uh, sorry, five and twelve. My God, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! Or maybe, maybe six and eleven by some kind of minor miracle. But I, I, if I, if you ask me now, what would I bet on? I would say we're going five and twelve. Colin, you've one final point to make, my friend. Yeah, just uh, I had the opportunity, I suppose, to watch Sunday Night Football in full after the, the Broncos game. And it was like watching a different sport. And, and I say that as somebody, I don't have any um, belief in the Chargers wide receivers or their tight end. I think their weapons are horrific. But watching Mahomes and 
uh, the, uh, Justin Herbert go up against one another and, and duel it out was just phenomenal. The two QBs, fantastic. I, you know, if, if Herbert gets weapons around him, we're in trouble. And we're in trouble given that since uh, 2020, um, we are uh, 2 and 13, I believe, uh, in the division. And, uh, you know, that, that is, that is, I, I mean, there, there aren't words for how bad that is. Right. And, and this is a division where, you know, it's not like the, it's been lights out. It's not like the Raiders have been, um, you know, look, look at the Raiders wins this year have come against us and the one win Texans. We all know the problems that the Chargers have. And yeah, we know all about our inability to uh, be competitive. Um, or be the, the but we have to figure something out. I mean, that's as you could be in your vision, and that's what I mean when it comes to root and branch reform and really examining where we are at in um, in February. And we need to absolutely, you know, get away from these um, expectations of uh, Super Bowls or uh, anything like that. And we just, we need to actually get back to having a winning season because the Jets benching Zach Wilson, it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, they are they for playoff spot, but right now, us and the Jets have the longest playoff drought in the NFL. Okay, I am going to bounce and watch Oh Canada in the World Cup. But lads, it's been a pleasure chatting. This is always Broncos playing Pampers and Sunday. You can check us out at Michael underscore NFL on Twitter at Colum from Cork C O L U M. If you're in Minnesota, give them a shout on Sunday and at Purple Heart TC for Mr. Roach at the bottom of this Zoom call. Lads, let's ride. Chat to you next week. Let's ride. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.